Hello fellow sports photographers. My name is Dean Octoropoulos, or All Sports Snapper, and I'm a sports photographer working full-time for Getty Images. Welcome to the Photography Philosophy Podcast, where I have open discussions with the world's best sports photographers. In the next hour or so, you'll get an insight behind the long lenses from the men and women who fill your back pages, websites, and magazines with amazing sports imagery. You all know the drill by now, so with any questions or comments, get in contact with me via Twitter at AllSportsSnapper or my website, AllSportsSnapper.com. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate that uh, people have been contacting me through there and uh, sending me some kind words, so thank you very much for that. While working at the UEFA European Championships, or France 2016, I did an interview with my friend and colleague, German sports photographer, Dennis Grobkowski. I'm hoping I'm getting that pronunciation right. Grobkowski, I'll try it again. This 18th episode is a discussion, but this time its main topic has a little bit of a difference. Instead of talking about past glory and what dreams lay ahead to be fulfilled, this time our conversation is about someone leaving the sports photography industry. We discuss what could make a young, talented and driven sports photographer leave the known shores of sports to head out to sea searching for new challenges. You'll also hear about how he got his foot in the door at Getty Images, then getting to work straight away with the living legend and former guest and my friend, Al Ballo. Working also at the French Open with the King of Tennis, Clive Brunskill, who I hope to have as a guest one day, and the Crown Prince of Tennis, Julian Finney. He also worked at the Paralympics and had a great experience, which again we'll discuss. Also, we're going to discuss the not-so-great things about being a sports photographer, which I think is something that maybe we have glossed over on, uh, on previous uh, interviews. So this is um, a conversation which I think is, um, you'll find very interesting. I hope you enjoy the conversation. Okay, so uh, welcome to the Photography Philosophy Podcast. Um, I am with a very young and talented photographer. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, who actually is leaving Getty Images. So this is a bit different. Normally I'm speaking to people who are have been in the industry for a long time and who have uh, a lot of experience, which you do as well, but uh, have no intention of leaving the industry, whereas uh, you've been at the company for five years? Five years, yeah, that's correct. And... Uh, uh, decided to leave but anyway let's uh, start let's go from the start can you give us your name and uh, where you're from please yeah my name is Dennis Gromkowski uh, I was born and raised in Germany uh, still based in Germany with Getty Images uh, currently living in Frankfurt okay and uh, before we get into the stuff we've already talked about a little bit where um, can you tell me your first photography memory how did it all start a long time ago even though I'm still Younger than most of the other guys in the business. Dennis is 27 for our listeners out there as well. By the way, yeah. And he looks about tw 18. <laughs> no, I think I'm a older. <laughs> anyway, uh, your yeah, first photography experience was at the age of 16, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, my father just, he bought a new camera and uh, he gave me his old Canon. I can't even remember what the model is, mm -hmm. but it was on film. Okay. And it was when I started just playing around with cameras and I never had really the intention to become a photographer until I probably turned 18, mm -hmm. uh, almost finished with school. 
and I just kind of got the idea, oh man, I want to become a photographer and just kind of slipped into that business. Uh, it didn't start with sports photography. Mm-hmm. Um, actually started with fashion photography. Okay. And then kind of just got into sports during that time. And then I was pretty lucky to be hired by Getty soon after. Well, tell us, so you've you're finished high school and then you've gone to a university to study photography? Um, yeah, finished high school. And then in Germany, we have kind of different systems, like pretty much comparable to the apprenticeship, I mm-hmm. think. Um, so it's basically you go to school, you go to, yeah, you go to school, you go to, uh, you work for a company as well. It's like combined. You get paid by the company and then you basically do daily work there as well. Um, which is quite handy, I think, and it just kind of gives you the uh, qualification qualification to call yourself a photographer in Germany. Okay. And uh, then, so you've done your course and uh, you studied, like you said, not sports photography. What were you studying at school then? What was the main? Um, the main thing I did was fashion and advertising photography for uh, quite big brands at that time already. Uh, we did online like web shops for for a few big fashion retailers. Um, that was what I did. And in my free time, I basically went out to shoot sports. Okay. And then uh, how do you go from shooting fashion and uh, online web shops to getting a job at Getty? How did, how did that come around? Accidentally. <laughs> so, <laughs> it's a happy accident. Happy accident. Very happy accident. Yeah. Um, I... Went to shoot ice hockey in Hanover, Germany, um, and I met Martin Rosie, who is uh, another German Getty Images photographer. And the thing was at that time that I actually wanted to stay in fashion photography, but I wanted to do big campaigns. And the thing is, if you don't have the network, it's like really hard way to get up to the top. And um, so Martin Rosie that time said to me while we're looking for someone new in the uh, company in Germany and we're looking for someone who's got studio photography experience and he was the opinion that you should bring someone like basically a nobody into the uh, sports okay business and (laughs) so he sent he said to me just send in your uh, portfolio and then speak to the guys in the office and I wasn't really sure if I should do that because like as everyone know, like Getty Images is like the biggest deal basically in sports photography. And I was kind of skeptical, but I did. And yeah, it turned out lucky for me. They hired me in the end. Okay. So, I mean, that's quite a, yeah, you've probably the envy of many photographers out there. And I'm sure there would have been many envious the uh, freelancers and uh, other agency photographers in Germany who were like, hang on a sec, I've been in the business for a long time and these kids come in and taking a staff job at Getty Images. It must have been quite a... You must have got a lot of dirty looks from other photographers. Uh, there's been lots, for sure. <laughs> I, I don't know how many people actually applied for that job, but uh, it was quite a... Yeah, like, how, how would you say? It was... You know, like, some people got it wrong that they put someone into that job who is actually a nobody in sports photography and... Um, it kind of like forced me to prove my position from the very first beginning. So I was always forced to give like 200% when I was on a job. Mm-hmm. And it took 
maybe a few months and then I was accepted even in the uh, agency. Okay. Takes a while. <laughs> Photographers, guys, it takes a while because like pretty much everyone just wants to, not, not everyone, but I think a lot of people want to work with Getty Images. And I think, yeah, I think I can, it's fair to say that I think a lot of people would like that. Um, uh, enjoy, have a glass of wine while you're uh, during an interview. Uh, just for our listeners as well, um, I've been working with Dennis for the last month at the European Championships, the UEFA Euro 2016. And uh, this tomorrow, uh, Belgium versus Hungary is his final match for Getty Images. So I thought I might as well get a, get a quick word in before before he sails off. And what he literally sails off, what are you doing? Just to get that out of the way nice and early. Come on, let's tell us all what you're, what you're moving on to do. Oh, I signed up for the German Navy. You, you signed up for the German Navy. Okay. I did. I did. And I did. Uh, that is uh, studying for... Is it it's uh, fitness and that kind of thing first, isn't it? For twelve months, is that right? If I yeah, the first fifteen months. Fifteen like, months. It would be like eight months of just fitness and drill. Drilling, yes. Okay. So completely different to what we have during our jobs. <laughs> <laughs> um, but and then it will be like two months on the boat. Yeah. And then uh, I go back to like some other. I, I can't even like say what I'm up to. Okay, it's all top secret. So okay, we'll get we can. Leave I think it's a to, like yeah, it must <laughs> be top secret because no one told me. Yeah. <laughs> all right, so um, you've got the job at Getty, and then what was your initial experience like dealing with uh, the senior photographers, and you know, not just not just the German colleagues, but also working with in a team, you know, going from school and then working with a team with the uh, Getty the Getty guys. I've been basically thrown into the cold water. Yeah. I was hired for like just let me like i started first of august and i flew off to mexico five weeks later okay to work with guys like al bello who's very big in the business previous so, previous guest on the show yes yeah 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 i remember i heard that one that was good uh, Le- legend of the game for sure um but yeah, so they like they threw me into it from the very first moment which mm-hmm. was good because you know, like these guys, they got loads of experience and you can just listen to them, everything they say and just look what they are doing. Mm-hmm. So I think it just helped me to improve my photography like very quickly over the first like year, I would say. Yeah. It's a, to get kind of, to kind of get to the uh, Getty Images photography standards. It's a steep learning curve, but uh, you wouldn't have stayed at the company for five years if uh, <laughs> if you didn't uh, sink or swim, and you definitely yeah. swam on that. Well, one. I surprised a few people, I guess. Like yeah. <laughs> nobody about, sent. Out what about to... yourself? Did you were you surprised how e- easily you took to it, or was this, or did you expect to do as well as you did? I was I was kind of scared. Like I always, I, I think I always think my photography is worse than it actually is. So I'm very skeptical to myself and to my photography. Um, by the time I applied, I thought like, oh, I might need another 10 years or 15 years or 20 years to get to the point, like Getty images actually, you know, like I'm useful for them. Yeah. Okay. Um, to put it that way. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I was, I was quite surprised I was doing well and you get, you get a lot of feedback in the company as well. Like, especially when you're young and just started, everyone's just looking after you, which I appreciated a lot especially during that time and yeah it kind of kind of scared me <laughs> <laughs> i think it scares everybody that sort of comes in when you're dealing with uh 
with like you said, like with dealing with people that have been in the business, you know, since the early eighties or you since know, the Big Bang. Since the Big Bang, exactly. <laughs> well, some of the older guys might not appreciate that, but yeah, when you look at someone like Mike Hewitt or Sean Bottrell or Al Bello, you know, these guys have been around for a very, very long time. So it's always a, it's a bit, I wouldn't say intimidating, but it's also um, yeah, a bit frightening for. So I can imagine as a twenty-two-year-old. Yeah. Jumping in and you're like, yeah. okay. Yeah, I, w- I was very lucky over the years to work with the, These like, some of the best and they all were very helpful and tried to show me like little bits and pieces of what made them successful. Yeah, they'd been shooting the for 10 or 15 years yeah. before you were even born. Yeah, and so. then I came in and just ru- ru- ruined the whole business yeah. and uh, <laughs> rock and roll, you know. <laughs> um, so you've gone from... Um, Portraits to sports. I mean, were you, uh, you know, be honest, were you a big sports fan before uh, you joined Getty or is it something that, you know, like you said, you've started into fashion. So how did the sport come in previous to joining Getty? I was a sports fan before I joined. I enjoyed watching tennis, which I still do. Mm -hmm. I used to play tennis myself Mm -hmm. uh, a long time. And... The thing is, what I grew into was football, basically, or soccer for mm. American for, listeners. Yeah, American friends. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, you know, like, that, like the interest into football came with the job, for sure. Um, I still wouldn't consider it to be my most favorite sport, um, even though I shot, like, probably, like, a thousand games over the last five years. Loads. There's loads of games, isn't there? Yeah. Um, but it's just something you can grow into and you can basically learn while you're shooting i mean it's always helpful to know the rules and stuff mm-hmm. um, but again yeah I, I was i was quite interested into sports and so i was quite interested into that job and i think i looked at the getty website before pretty much every day not not just sports to be honest mm-hmm. um but yeah it, it, it attracted me because the, the fact that you are more forced to anticipate action i mean i I wouldn't even say to be forced to react because as soon as you react the moment's gone Mm -hmm. um but it's it's a challenge and that was probably the most attracting point of joining getty images it's still the hardest sport to shoot i think football yeah well i just yeah i mean we we know that like both of us we know the best and they struggle to get 10 good pictures out of Uh, yeah yeah definitely so So, yeah and you're talking about the guys who have been in it for forever like you said then you know it's it's a tough tough gig to do and you know even at these euros you know we've we've been here we've covered you know we've sent thousands of pictures not just us uh, the other photographers that are around the country and uh yeah i mean there's you know there's lots of good pictures but there's not many great great pictures is there so yeah well, it's a very hard yeah. sport to get great photos from so but i mean yeah you've exceeded you've done exceptionally well that's for sure in, in with your football to come from not much of a football background so did you shoot all the sports that you wanted to do? I know, and like you said, I mean, this is quite different for me because you know, I'm talking about people, what they want to do in the future. And with you, I'm talking about, did you do everything you wanted to do? Or is there something that you sort of maybe wish that you had done? Or um, Yeah, like, because I'm a big tennis fan. Mm-hmm. Like, my kind of wish was um, to shoot all the four Grand Slams. Well, mm-hmm. I made two out of four. And which which, two which I really appreciate. I did Wimbledon in 2013, mm-hmm. 
quite a good one with Murray winning. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did the French Open just last month. Um, okay. So it was good, good way to finish the uh, career. Um, anything else? Like, yeah, I always wanted to shoot, like, even before I just got into the uh, sports business. I always wanted to, like, be at the Olympics, um, which I'm fortunately going to miss now because... There was no chance of leaving after the Olympics. It was training. kind of a no and never decision. Navy training starts Navy, before the Olympics, yeah. but you were on the Olympic team, weren't you? You were selected. I was on. I was on. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And that was that made the decision even harder to leave. Yeah. Um, but again, like I mean, I I've pretty much probably like shot every big event in in the world and yeah. that I wanted to shoot. Shot football World Cup twenty fourteen. I shot two Paralympics mm-hmm. which is quite fun as well it's a bit under the radar for most of the people but it's just great event to shoot amazing um, imagery amazing amazing and not not just the imagery like what the uh, guys like the athletes do there is mm. just stunning yeah and it's kind of like I feel it's kind of more like honest emotion because it's not they don't do it for money or advertising or anything like that they just do it for themselves what you can actually see and feel mm. when you're shooting that. I think we've, I've, I don't know if I've mentioned it on the podcast, but I've mentioned it with other photographers, maybe off in or out of recording or something, but it's the same thing. I found that shooting the Paralympics here, you, you, the athletes, it feels like it means more to the athletes when they win. Yeah. That, that was, yeah, the, that was the impression that I got. Definitely. And yeah, and that makes better pictures too, but it definitely feels that, and it's not just the athletes, it's, when they run to their families and everything, like it feels more, I know it's hard, you know, Olympic athletes are, you know, they deserve all the acclaim, but yeah, the, very underappreciated, um, the Paralympics. So to do two of them is, yeah, it's eye-opening, isn't it? For sure. It is, it is. And it feels strange in the beginning or weird mm-hmm. when you're not used to like, because I've never had any like relationship or connection to disabled People, people before and then yeah. you go to swimming and you have um people with no arms or no legs mm. and see them swimming really really fast yeah it's very impressive yeah and what i liked about the paralympics as well from like the photographer's point of view is you you're the, you, it's much less pressure mm-hmm. on you as a photographer and the restrictions are lower so you're more able to work freely and chase the pictures you want to take mm-hmm uh, which I always preferred in, in, in my personal work. I always preferred to not be restricted to a certain position mm-hmm. or limited in any way. Uh, so Paralympics was brilliant. It was brilliant. Uh, another event, like which I think since I joined, everyone was laughing at me because I always like I like American football. Okay. As well. Okay. I always had a stream of like being at the Super Bowl once. Okay. <laughs> which was absolutely. <laughs> You know, unreal. Like it would. I think it would ever, never, never, ever happen. No, there's a big but, list of American yeah, photographers who are probably know, before the German, know, before the young German photographer. I know, <laughs> I know. but it's, it's it's kind of a funny story to tell because I was sitting in that interview room when I was basically had my interview um, to join, mm-hmm. um, and they were like, "So, all right, so you do you like sports? Yeah. So what? What's a biggest sport event you could ever imagine to uh, be at to shoot and it was like Super Bowl and like the first answer I get was like uh, all right but you, you you know you're living on the wrong continent to do that <laughs> so <laughs> 
Fair enough, but yeah, yeah you yeah. still got to have yeah. dreams, don't you? Yeah, of course. It just keeps you going, I think. Yeah, and uh, going back to the tennis, the French Open, um, you know, it's famous for its, uh, you know, orange clay courts and its golden light in the afternoons. How how did that work out for you? This, I've uh, been to the worst French Open for the last 15 years, yeah. I think. Um, we had one day with absolutely no play, which hasn't happened in the la- for the last 16 years i think oh wow okay uh so i was quite unlucky with the weather and it was a bit uh i was mourning about it because like over the years i've seen all the great like what you said golden light images and i was there and it was like the first time i put my rain gear out at tennis yeah <laughs> um which i thought which is just impossible yeah <laughs> you know but yeah it was it was still a great event and it was i'm, I'm really lucky that i've had the chance to photograph it and you worked with some great guys as, the, as well there? Oh, King of Tennis and the Crown Prince of Tennis, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Crown Prince, I haven't heard that one before. You haven't heard that one before? No, Julian oh. Finney and Clive Brunskill yeah. are uh, tennis gurus. Uh, yeah. He, yeah. he will hate me now I said it <laughs> to the public. <laughs> he doesn't mind. He, he, knows, he, knows we, he knows we love him. Yeah, he's the Prince Charles of Tennis, I the think. Prince he will Charles never ever tennis. make it to the... Uh, Throne. Never become king because <laughs> Clive Brunskill will never retire. He will survive him. Like the Queen will survive Prince Charles, I think. I hope Clive would listen to this. I hope you can figure out how to load a down, download yeah. a po- podcast one day so yeah. that he can listen to this. Yeah. I'll show him. I love <laughs> you, boys. <laughs> All right. And, um, well, what kit, I mean, you mentioned the Canon camera at the start, but uh, I know from working with you for many times yeah. you're a nikon shooter is there any reason that uh, you you chose nikon or is it just something that uh, you uh, like the black cameras better than white cameras or did uh, you yeah definitely it's, it's all about the look yeah, it's like, yeah what looks yeah. what looks more yeah. slick yeah. yeah i still think about get my lens airbrushed <laughs> uh, <laughs> don't laugh people do that i know, I know. <laughs> sorry i had to say that i know i know uh, but no not really like a camera brand never really bothered me. Okay. Um, it was just a shot on Nikon before I joined Getty Images. And I was asked when I joined what I want to have. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'll let it, like, I can I can use my, my Nikon with closed eyes. So I don't have to look for anything, okay. any button. I had, it just works perfectly for me. And that was trained through school that you guys, you guys got Nikons? Or was it just or a mix through classes um, as well? Yeah, well... When I did fashion photography, pretty much everything was on Canon or Hasselblad, mm-hmm. um, which is both like I, I think nowadays all cameras are great. Mm. So it doesn't. So it's more about feel and how confident you are with the gear you have. Yeah. So I just stick to Nikon, okay. even though there were like few less good cameras in between, but. And uh, no, no, nowadays, yeah. I'm a, and also the other thing I, I can tell uh, our listeners is that. Uh, because this is Dennis's last game and he's driving back to the Munich office to drop off, he has um, pretty much every photographer's dream of just an amazing amount of kit. You've got a 300, a 400, a 500 millimeter lens there. You got the yes, three. yeah, 300, 400, 500. I have pretty much everything from 14 mil up to 500. Six cameras, 
So loads, loads of stuff. Loads of stuff which is yeah, going I back think, to the office. Yeah, yeah. But I, I, I'm picturing a, maybe a few photographers out there like pulling out their hair saying, why, why would, how can you ever hand all that equipment back? Shall we wind them up more? I think <laughs> yeah, at the peak going. I had like eight camera bodies at home and okay. like pretty much three of them were just catching dust. Okay. <laughs> so okay. it's, it's kind of insane. Like what you, what you have, but when you go to like, um, like, Go back, going back to Paralympics in Sochi, I had, I think, three cameras mm-hmm. up on the uh, up in the uh, in the roof. Okay, basically, and so that was with remotes and things yeah, like that, right? Radio triggered cameras. Yeah. So sometimes you just need loads of gear. Like okay. I, know, I know it sounds stupid to say, well, I have like six cameras and you need more. Yeah. Sometimes, but it's 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 kind of the job. I mean, it's more a tool to me than it is like you. Yeah yeah camera dream or whatever yeah we don't we don't really geek out over kit as much as maybe some internet websites do yeah. do we yeah we just, well we just we just found out i mean i gotta buy a new camera now and i had no idea what's on the market for the last five years <laughs> <laughs> so you've had a crash course in what's on lot what's uh, yeah. what what camera yeah. can you get but i yeah. think you're going yeah. a mirrorless yeah. you're going a mirrorless though aren't you for i next... will i will yeah okay so yeah but which is and that's just mainly due to size isn't it just the size yeah. of the camera okay yeah. Yeah. so you're not gonna you're not gonna be carrying around a a big nikon with a 2470 and oh, no huh? no no, no. no. That the thing is to. yeah no i don't no, no i don't have to and i mean i travel thousands of kilometers with all that gear mm. which is my my pally case here take to every match weighs about like 30 kilograms mm-hmm. so yeah Having one little bag with one with a couple yeah. lenses in it is much yeah. easier, isn't it? Yeah, the quality is like, in my opinion, there's no difference anymore. I mean, like from like speed, performance, and sports. Yeah. I mean, for sports, you basically need the fastest cameras you can get. Yeah. Um, so you couldn't shoot sports with it, but I just kind of like want to get back into photo- uh, like portrait photography. Mm-hmm. So it's absolutely perfect for that. Okay, and now we've obviously mentioned the navy a few times. Now, why? Can I, um, I mean, you know, you've mentioned the travel and I know, you know, from personal experience and, you know, speaking to other photographers that travel is a major part of the job that we do. What were the major factors that made you decide that, look, I need, I, I can't, I, I don't want to do this anymore? Because obviously we know that you love photography, you know, you've, you've te- you sound very passionate when you speak about your your, your images and the, and the jobs that you've done, but then to sort of like you said, hand in all that equipment and pack it all up and then say, I'm, I'm done and I'm going to buy a mirrorless, you know, just for my personal photography. It's, again, I'm, I'm guessing I've got a few listeners out there who are wondering, you know, why would you want to do that? So, yeah. and, and he must be stupid. He <laughs> <laughs> must be crazy. Yeah. This guy is insane. So can you explain to us why, why you made that decision? Sure. I think like over the last, two years travel really got a lot mm-hmm. um and especially in germany it's a lot of time you spend in the car uh, driving from match to match and the thing is it just like people basically don't understand how much we sacrifice i think like social life is absolutely like pretty much non-existent mm-hmm. to most of the uh, photographers so i had quite a lot of friends uh, before i joined and it's <laughs> i had just, some friends before i yeah. joined getty and <laughs> it's basically just one left it's not in the company you know uh, colleagues became friends and family yeah um but 
again like when you when you when you're not even invited to any party anymore uh something's wrong i guess yeah um and thing is as well that all this driving i drove around like seventy thousand kilometers a year which is pretty much truck driver niveau uh, yeah um that that's a lot and this is just kind of burning you out you know and it was more like all right, I gotta find something else for now. Even though I still love the job, I still love what I do, and I will love it tomorrow. Mm-hmm. Being in a stadium, um, I always say like it's a bit over, over. I think, but it's like witnessing history. That's what we do, yeah. uh, which is very attractive. Yeah, um, and all like the places I've been to and the events I've covered is mega, you know. Mm. But um, I think. Um, at some point I have to look after myself and try to make a decision if I want to have like family and a regular social life mm-hmm. or if I want to stick into the job and be on my own in the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, like right now, like I think currently and probably over the last next, next few years, um, I think I would try to spend more time with my family and my fiance and that's yeah basically the main reason why i left um so it wasn't about the job and like if you if you want to go to the job like talk about the job what made me leave Mm. in the job was that during events we get more and more restricted Mm -hmm. and i mentioned earlier um that i'm more i kind of enjoy working freely and do my own own stuff Mm -hmm. and when you when you're uh stuck into one position doesn't really give me what i need yeah, the freedom has been taken away from us at, at yeah. certain events where yeah. they sort of say photographers can stand here and you're not allowed to move or whatever it is. Yeah. So that's that's yeah. that's definitely getting. Well, I did I did loads of job. I worked with FIFA and Nike and like big sports brands and federations, which gave me pretty much all area access, mm-hmm. uh, which was always like the best job. But don't forget, like people probably don't see like the pressure is on us is very high. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you miss a moment, you know, you, you someone will tell you. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and I just, you know, I just need something else, I think, for the next years. Okay. I mean, yeah, I've, like I said, I mean, you've worked, like you said, you worked for the Women's World Cup. We were just talking before we started recording about you being away for, uh, you were away for 39 days, is that right? For one, yeah. For one yeah, event? Yeah, for one event. That was 39 days in a row. Mm-hmm. I was in Canada. Okay, and which what, is good fun. I mean, it's it's great fun, but anything else back home just disappears. Yeah, yeah. You miss, you know, birthday parties and wedding anniversaries, and sure, yeah. And you know, and like you said, yeah. if you're a fiance and family soon, and yeah. yeah. Well, I, I think I haven't been to like a family event for the last like for for two years now. Okay, so it's always like, uh, where's Dennis? Uh, yeah, he's not here. You yeah, know? he couldn't make it, and that's kind of the uh sad part of the job yeah i think that's uh we've you know as the listeners will know that we've talked about you know the the great side of it and this is the reason that yeah it's not all it's not all travel and amazing imagery there's a a side that we all we all uh suffer from as well but then as we say that you know we're sitting here in a in a nice house that uh we've rent that we've had rented for the month and Drinking a local bottle of uh, Chateau La Hit. Yeah, Chateau La Hit from, <laughs> from from Bouzet. Yeah, 
or Bazette, it's spelled. But uh, <laughs> was that like our American friend said? My, my American friend said. But um, yeah, so we're you know there, there is the good side, but then again, you know, like like today, you know, missing birthday parties and everything. It's I can fully understand, and I think every sports photographer who's in the industry will understand exactly what you mean. But yeah. and don't get me wrong, I could have done this job for probably like another fifteen years, but fifteen years, I'm pretty much like you know my age. Your age, <laughs> and don't get me wrong, it'll be too late to start something new. <laughs> yeah, no, no, you're you're right. And that's yeah. what I meant by like it's kind of now or never decision mm-hmm. to leave now with good memories before everything yeah. gets worse, and you just kind of like just want to leave because you're absolutely over it. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, well, we'll be sad to see you go. That's for sure. So I'll get that out of the way nice and early as well. Thank get, you. Get Thank that you. through the thing. In your time shooting Forgetti, then uh, did was there was there athletes or something that you were? I know we talked about the Paralympics, but even not like stuff on a regular basis that you sort of didn't know about that you thought, okay, you know, like for me when I went to say for example to Borussia Dortmund, I'd heard about the atmosphere and stuff there, and then you get there and you see this wall of twenty thousand people, and you know when they're all chanting and stuff, it's quite uh, it's impressive. So, is there anything that sort of stands out to you, like as a, in your memory that uh, you know? And I'm talking about like stuff on a regular yeah. basis, not just Paralympics, sort of once every four yeah, years. Yeah, it's yeah. yeah stuff that's uh, on a regular basis. That let me think. Yeah, I think there have been several moments mm-hmm. um, because you like when we're talking about regular basis. I mean, you probably forgot like more than half of it mm-hmm. in the end um, because it's a game and just everything happens so quick and you focus on your work. Um, but there's been one moment talking about atmosphere. I went to uh, Madrid and I did Atletico Madrid versus, look, I can't even remember. Yeah. I think it was Leverkusen. Okay. Uh, German, German first league club. Yeah. And the atmosphere there, it's old stadium. It's big and just like loud fans like even even louder and better than Dortmund in my opinion oh okay um, and that was very impressive I just like can't you know like small things when you go to Wimbledon like the historical atmosphere there and everyone's very keen and just keep the etiquette yeah of the whole thing yeah um that's you know that's impressive as well and you're talking about very different uh things though like you know the etiquette and the uh football the, yeah <laughs> <laughs> We're talking, yeah, <laughs> the hard men of Atletico Madrid, the hard fans of Atletico, you know, the diehards, yeah. and then you go to uh, Strawberries and Cream at yeah. uh, Wimbledon, you know. It's... That's good moments. Like, another story maybe, uh, which is, which I was very impressed was I went to a game in Napoli, Italy, and my hotel was basically kind of the uh, Nap- Napoli Ultra area. Okay. And it was late and traffic was horrific. So I walked back to the hotel. It was closed. I, w- I wouldn't say it's walking distance, but it was mm. makeable mm-hmm. uh, with, with all the all, gear. Yeah, with all your kit, yeah. And I was starving like after the match, you know. Mm. And so I went into a restaurant which was full of Napoli ultras. Mm. And I was basically on my way out already when someone said, uh, can I help you? It's like, yeah, I'm actually hungry. Yeah. Um, but it seems like 
your phone? And yeah. it was like, all these guys came over to me like, no, no, come on, have a seat. And I had drinks and food and I haven't paid for anything. It was like, it was a great night. Okay. With basically like all like the fans we fear the most. <laughs> <laughs> the guys that we don't want yeah. to well, see yeah. in a football match. Well, they lost that day against a German team. And I think it was just like, it didn't figure out I'm German. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, it's it's good stories to tell, you know for sure. Do you did you have a favorite? What about with your tennis though? Like in you know shooting, you know Djokovic, or you know was this something as a you know young kid watching Roger Federer play? Not really. Yeah, Federer was big when when I was young. Yeah, yeah. Djokovic was not. He's sort of more recent, isn't he? But yeah, Federer has been around for yeah. A very long time now already uh, forever i know well for you it is yes <laughs> yeah. i still remember growing up with pete sampras so that was uh, my forever yeah i miss <laughs> boris becker <laughs> <laughs> i think boris was just at the end for me but uh yeah so you know getting something you're shooting uh, i mean for me shooting roger federer was was quite a buzz you know because like you said you know this guy's the yeah. greatest player of all time yeah oh that was very impressive like when you sit there on the court first time do the first federer match or mm. nowadays like go to a match and Serena Williams plays you know it's always it's always great mm. because like people pay a lot of money to be there mm. and you're there and you literally get paid mm. and when you enjoy what you're doing best experience I think you can you can get I'm sure some photographers are out there saying why are you leaving then but again we've, we've already gone through that yeah you're leaving, yeah, so, yeah, yeah I'm, I'm still passionate and I still love what I do yeah you know it's not it's not about the job that I'm leaving it's, yeah but other aspects yeah um so a lot of yeah and like i said a lot of photographers probably wish they had the courage to do what you've done and uh a lot of photographers from the company that i've spoken to about you know because obviously you sent a, you know there was a group email that went around to everybody saying you know i remember when i saw your name at the start of an email i just thought oh, you know he must have been promoted or something's you know yeah. He must be, you know, some bonus or something, you know, something good. You know what I mean? You, and then to read that, you know, you're leaving. A lot of, like me, I was just like, what? What? And then, you know, it doesn't take more than a few seconds to go, okay, you understand the decision. So, and what was the feedback from, like, from, you know, Julian and uh, Clive when we spoke? When the, what was Clive? Because Clive, I know he's a very animated man. <laughs> he's good fun he was like singing in the like village people in the navy for like two weeks <laughs> in every way you can imagine okay yeah it was good fun i think he wants to join the navy he's just jealous i think <laughs> he would fit right in i know he would. he would he would he would all right um you know this is the thing i you know normally i speak about like like the, the long careers of but your career hasn't been that long but even though it hasn't been you have achieved um a lot is i mean i know you're leaving on very good terms as well do you think i mean it's very hard to say because you haven't even left yet but you know you are leaving the door open for a for a return <laughs> well, i want to get it on tape <laughs> yeah we shouldn't <laughs> there's been some agreements made okay cool um yeah i like you know i think i could imagine to come back one day because i had a great time mm -hmm. and maybe one day i will like see all right good i'm ready to come back family mm -hmm. is sorted mm -hmm. and my private life is, is stable mm -hmm. uh, maybe come back and like kind of more director position or managing position i like that could imagine <laughs> that um 
Yeah. Once you get the authority from the Navy, you can come yeah. back and get us into shape. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, why not? I mean, like, good thing is, like, people have, like, understood why I'm leaving and if the whole thing goes wrong, mm-hmm. like, come back and do photography, we'll see. Okay. <laughs> we'll see how open the door it is when... <laughs> Once they're not serving you a nice glass of red wine at, uh, with dinner, <laughs> you'll be like, all right, yeah, <laughs> I want back in. <laughs> Get me back into the uh, good hotels and good well, lifestyle. Well, um, look, you know, we'll, we'll keep this one fairly short. And I just wanted to say um, thanks for, um, firstly, for your time here today. And uh, it's always been great to work with you. And I know you've made a lot of good, good friends at Getty. And we all hope... Uh, and I, sort of, I, I am sure I speak on behalf of everyone when we wish you uh, the best of luck with not only your wedding next year, the start of next year, but uh, your future plans and your uh, safe travels on, on the sea. Well, thank you very much. <laughs> Thanks for having me. It's oh, good fun. Great. Thank you very much, Dennis. Thanks. Dennis, thanks for your time. As I edit and upload this podcast, I picture you running through an obstacle course, climbing over walls and being yelled at. And I'm sure that you may have even entered a question in your head, what am I doing here? Um, As your friend, I hope you are doing great and life is giving what you want. But a bit selfishly, I will say that I miss working with you as uh, we always had a great time in each other's company. Listeners, you can see his fantastic work on his website, DennisGrompkowski.com or his Twitter, or an Instagram, which is Dennis Grompkowski, and at dgrompkowski. Um, I'm not going to spell it out. If you want it, you can find it on the links underneath the, um, in the show notes for this episode. His Instagram is now a great place to see the life of a man on the sea with a great eye for photography. Um, maybe he'll come back, who knows. Um, photography philosophy listeners. The feedback from previous podcasts has been pretty good. So I wanted to thank the many of you who have retweeted um, and sent me nice words. So a a massive, massive thank you for this. I even had someone uh, approach me for sponsorship, which uh, um, I just don't have the time to look into now. But so yeah, the the feedback for the show has been great. So thank you very much for everybody out there. Um, I've asked before and I'll ask again, maybe those of you who haven't, well, majority, um, if uh, any of you guys and girls out there could please spare me a minute of your time to write me a review on iTunes. I hear that does good things for getting uh, more listeners in, so that would be appreciated. You can also contact me on All Sports Snapper, as we've said many, many times before. Um, my website is allsportsnapper.com, um, or you can follow me on Instagram, same name. And uh, yeah, I post a few pictures on there as well. Um, I'm not sure. I mean, some people love Twitter. Some people like Instagram. I'm not. Uh, I'm not convinced by either, really. Um, but yeah, uh, send me your recommendations anyway. You can subscribe um, via iTunes or SoundCloud or one of the many other delivery apps like Podcast Addict, which I use on my um, smartphone of choice, or um, Pocket Cast, which I'm uh, now a member of. So um, yeah, you can you won't miss a show on any of those. Uh, I'm sure there are many others which I don't know about, but uh, this show pops up uh, as it links through iTunes, I guess. That's it, really. Thank you very much again for your time, everybody, for um, putting up with my uh, strange accent, as someone mentioned once. Uh, and last thing, observe, listen, and practice, because your best photo could be one frame away. Right.